We all want to feel more connected in our relationships, but oftentimes we don't know where to start. If you're here and listening to the podcast, you've already made a huge step in the right direction to strengthening and deepening your relationship. But what you're probably still looking for are the specific tools and exercises needed to create lasting, positive improvements in your relationship. Change doesn't happen on its own. And that's why we created the course, Spark My Relationship. Spark My Relationship will help you create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. When life gets busy and stressful, your relationship doesn't have to take the backseat. This course has helped thousands of couples reignite that spark while having fun. Spark My Relationship is designed to infuse your life and relationship with fresh passion, skills, and wisdom. This self-paced journey is perfect for turning up the heat, having some fun together, and revolutionizing your intimacy and communication. In this course, you'll learn from 15 different psychologists and therapists the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. Some of these strategies include how to eliminate unhelpful old habits, develop mindful awareness to help improve stress management, learning healthy and successful communication tools, creating a deeper and more intimate bond, and strengthening your couple microculture and future together. Don't just settle for an average relationship. Make it amazing. For our listeners only, we're offering a special $100 off the course. Visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock to unlock your discount today. There's a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's really no reason not to give it a try. Visit sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock for $100 off our online course. I do podcast episode 12. Welcome to IDoPodcast.com, where fun and inspiring relationship experts, therapists, and couples share tips and advice that will help lead you to a fulfilling and happy relationship. Let their guidance illuminate your path to happiness. Are you ready to create lasting love? And now, your hosts, Chase and Sarah. We're very excited to introduce our guest today, Marnie Batista. Hey there. Hey, how are you? I'm hey. so happy to be here. Great. Well, we're happy to have you. Marnie is founder of Dating with Dignity, has professional training in dating and relationship coaching, as well as training in the core energy coaching process from the Institute of Professional Excellence in Coaching, a certified life coach through the International Coaching Federation. Batista is also a master practitioner at administering an energy assessment, the D factor, which helps clients pinpoint exactly why they are not dateable and what types of messages they unconsciously broadcast to men based on their thoughts, feelings, actions, and attitudes. We've given our listeners just a little overview. So take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. Mm. Well, let's see. I think that the reason that I really am committed to helping people have amazing relationships is that I was never really any good at it and no one taught me how. And, um, you know, it started back to picking the bad boys in high school, um, to staying with the bad boys in high school, not being attracted to the good ones. And then ultimately when I was 22, I married a guy who looked good on paper, but ultimately 
wasn't really the right match for me. And after being married for 17 years, thinking, you know, it's him, I got out of that marriage. It was, you know, three kids, a big decision only to land in another bad relationship with uh, another version of my ex-husband, like same guy, different face. Uh, so I was like, hmm, and I have three daughters that, you know, karmically, I was like, I think I need to figure this out. I'm going to pass it on. Um, and figuring out what it takes to really attract a great partner and then sustain that relationship to have an amazing long-term um, love affair. Well, that's great. It, it seems like you're very qualified for this topic then today. Yes. <laughs> well, our topic today is how to make a long-distance relationship work. And Sarah and I can kind of relate to this because I travel quite a bit and probably you know, at least a week or two weeks out of every month. So kind of a long-distance relationship off and on, maybe not the classical where I'm working somewhere else, but definitely interested uh, on the points that you talk about. And one of the things you talk about is booking visits in advance and getting on a regular schedule. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. And I just had a, a client of mine get engaged to someone who she met who's long distance. And it really reminded me that um, when two people both have the same relationship goals, meaning that they're both really ready and emotionally available and their stuff is in order, you know, so they're making finding love a priority. Um, there's an intention that comes with it and there's not a lot of game playing. And so in that sort of criteria, one would have the expectation that both of the parties would be like, Hey, so we're, we want to make this work. Um, let's have a conversation. How are we going to spend time together? Um, you're going to come here, then I'm going to go there, and then maybe we'll meet in another location. And we'll have a great weekend. And, you know, that there's this intention. And so I really want your listeners to understand um, the sort of trap people fall into is when one party's like, well, what should I do? Should I invite him to come here? Should I do this? Well, I, who, you know, and it's all like so much work. Really, I want to make it really clear. When both parties have the same goal and there's the same match and energy, they're really interested. It's kind of easy to make those plans and it's exciting because you want to see each other. And what happens if maybe one person is putting more of an effort into scheduling those trips or planning those trips? What does that mean? Does that mean that the other person's not fully committed to the relationship or maybe they're just on different levels? Well, I think number one, when you have a long distance relationship or even a partial one, like communication becomes super, super important because you're not face to face, like, and you can't read each other's body language and it's a lot of texting and, and that kind of thing. So if, if you're in a situation where you feel like you're doing all the work um, and it's bothering you, uh, that's cause for conversation. So you might say like, you know, I love that you call me all the time and I have so much fun when we do FaceTime and chat and, you know, you said you want to see me, and, but I feel like I'm always initiating it and I'm experiencing that as sort of like, maybe you're not as into it as I am. So am I making that up? Is it real? Right? So you just want to have a conversation remembering that everybody experiences the other person through their own lens, through their own interpretation. So you need to check in and say, am I way off or is that right? And do it in a way of being curious, not accusatory. Yeah. And like so many things that we talk about, it comes down to communication. And this is just another example of how important it is, uh, especially in a long distance relationship. Absolutely. 
And another interesting point in your article, just for some facts for our listeners, when you say, you know, booking in advance, a lot of the times, not only is it good to put it on the schedule, but you can get cheaper airfares and it's something to look forward to in the relationship, planning that and putting that on your calendar. Yeah, because when you're in a relationship, you're practicing being a couple. And you you guys know this, right? So those decisions like let's try and get the best fare is a couple financial decision, right? Or, you know, I want to see you here, but it's Easter. So should how should we handle Easter? Do you want to come to my house or do I go to your place? And right, so that's that it's that upper level of looking at like when you're in a really true couple, it's what's in it for us, you know, and that that's really the focus. And so it's a great way to really get to know if you're a match um, through how you problem solve in the long distance sort of challenges. And I know this may be dependent upon each individual couple, but how would the finances work out with flying to each destination? Would you recommend that whenever somebody flies, they pay for it or you split the expenses? I think that that depends on the couple and I wish I could give you like a golden rule, but I always say that it needs to be based on um, resources and expectations. Um, and again, it goes back to communication and that's not really sexy, but it's true, right? So if um, you earn 10 times the amount of your partner, um, then you might have an expectation that you're going to pay for it. If you don't have that expectation, it's really hard for the other person um, then you're going to have like a conversation that might go like, so listen, if you get your ticket when you're here, everything is on me. Like we're, we're going to go to the play and I'm going to take care of it and I'll, you know, all the meals are on me. And right. So you want to have those conversations. And I've worked with so many couples that do the long distance thing, especially now that the internet makes it easier to meet someone who's far away. And those are the conversations that you want to have. Some Men might be like, no way, I'm paying for everything no matter what. And then they just want their girlfriend or the person they're dating to like pick up ice cream, you know, like, hey, let me get this one. You, you know, you took me here. And so again, it's about expectations and communication and finding that balance about what works for you as a couple based on your resources and your, your expectations. Yeah, you can't say it enough. Communication. I know. It's, it's, I mean, but uh, it's it's so true with with everything with other issues that come up. We talk to wedding planners, communicating stuff there, and so I just really want our listeners to uh, take that home. Well, another thing that we talk about with the long distance relationship is do something together, even though you're apart. Yeah. So um, one of my favorite little episodes of um, Glee, I remember watching it and and I was like, oh, it's so unrealistic. These kids are going to college. Grandma says you need to date other people. Okay. But they didn't. That was the plot line. But what I loved was that they were really showing ways you can use technology to be together even when you're apart. Um, whether it's, you know, putting Skype on and like deciding to watch a movie together, right? Uh-huh. Or... um texting, you know, pictures, here's where I am, or now you can do like Instagram videos, you can do Snapchats, you could like, there's so many ways you can be in the same space, even if you're not together. Um, and I think that we have to um, be comfortable with that. Um, almost try and reframe that it's not like a substitute. It's just what you do. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you can make it, um, you can make it really, really fun if, if you do that. Um, and it's important because you want to spend time together. 
You can watch Glee together on Skype. You can watch Glee together on, on Skype. See, I would be down for that, but I don't think Chase would. <laughs> Probably not Glee. Maybe like, you know, the NCAA finals. Right. I don't know. <laughs> Compromise, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, keeping a relationship fresh and new is also important. Do you have any recommendations for a couple in a long distance relationship to keep it fresh? Yeah. You know, um, so one of the great things about being long distance is that whenever you're together, it feels like it's a vacation, right? Cause it's like a big deal and it's special. And that's awesome until you're doing that for like six months or eight months or nine months. Then all of a sudden, you know, you look at your calendar and you're like, Oh my God, I have so much to do this weekend, but like Brad's coming and I want to make sure I, I really haven't seen my girlfriends. And so. The way that I sort of uh, work around that is that if you're going to be in a regular pattern of seeing each other, that when you're together, you do things that are really new and really fun, that you also incorporate your partner into real life stuff. So it might be like you get here on Thursday night. I've got this great thing planned. We're going to go to this concert on the pier. And then Friday um, after work, I really want to go to my favorite gym class. I haven't been there. I haven't done yoga. You do your thing and let's have dinner, right? I mean, so that you have to, you know, or come out with my friends. If you do um, this sort of like couple in a box thing where you like totally isolate, you spend all your time together, it sort of sucks on the downside of that. Because then, you know, Brad leaves and you're like, well, all my friends are gone because I haven't seen them in a weekend for like six months. And you feel lonely. And then what happens is when he does come, there's like a lot of pressure. So you want to make sure that you keep things fresh, but you also keep them real. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And it kind of goes along the lines of uh, you talk about fitting in the me and we time, even when you're visiting each other. Absolutely. Because, um, you know, there's just nothing worse than starting to resent that all your weekends are full. In fact, um, I had someone who came to me sort of on the downside of a long distance relationship and um, I was like, you know, how have you been? And we haven't seen you in so long because I was part of a group that she belonged to. And she was like, well, I dated this guy. Uh, she lived in L.A. I dated this guy in New York for like nine months. And I basically was never here um, on the weekend. And so we broke up. And I feel like I'm like moved to a new city. Like my friends sort of have gone away. I'm trying. That's why I'm here. I'm trying to reconnect with people. Um, and that's what happens if you don't establish your own life. And really, that can happen when two people live in the same city. You know, you go into the love box. So you really, it's really important to keep your sense of self and, and the life that you created before you met your partner to keep that going and then incorporate him or her into it. Yeah, it's, it seems like it's uh, it's definitely a balance um, to try to achieve. It, it really is. And I think we all do that, you know. Um, I know even with my fiance, I'm like, all right, well, this night I'm going to go out with just my kids and a girl's night and I want to see a girlfriend, but then this night we're going to do that. You know, that's really what it's about is having an interdependent relationship and doing that, whether you're long distance or not, is kind of the number one way to keep your relationship going. Yeah, absolutely. And what would you say is the most common reason couples struggle in their long distance relationship? I think that couples struggle when they don't feel important, you know, or they don't have enough um, connection of like the daily stuff. So if you're not like a phone person, like I'm not a phone person, um, you know, number one, talking to your partner and saying like, I'm not a phone person. 
Um, but what I'm really good at is I will send you pictures all day long of what I'm doing and I'll send you little text messages and I'll send you an email and I'll send you a link of something that I want you to see. Um, and I will check in with you. So I, I think that that's a really um, in, important um, piece of all that is um, it's almost like your long distance love language, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> right? Like what works for you? Um, and if your thing is, and I, oh, I've seen so many couples fall into this trap too, you know, like at the beginning, they're spending like three hours on the phone. Well, come like three months later, who has, you know, three hours? Right. <laughs> uh, it's almost like there was a great movie and I can't remember the name of it. It was one of my favorites. But anyway, these couple meets and they uh, they live in different cities and they have this great connection. And it's a really cute like little scene. They're on the phone and they show them they're like plugging in their phones to keep the battery going. And then they're like, you know, let's just see each other. So, you know, they've been on the phone for like 15 hours and they drive to this place. They drive through the night. The sun's coming up. It's really romantic. And they look at each other and they're like, I think we've said it all. Like, <laughs> I don't have anything else to say to you right. Right now, except I'm really tired. So. So you got to pace yourself. Well, I think Chase and I can kind of relate to that. When he first started, you know, doing a lot of his traveling, you know, we, we, I think we talked more than we, than we do now, but it, it's kind of evolved to, yeah, we, you know, you don't have three hours a day to just talk on the phone and you have to make the best of it. And sometimes just texting each other throughout the trip is, is what we do. And it just, it works for us. Exactly. And one thing is there's one rule, one expectation you got to decide do you require the good night check-in? Because I've seen so many couples get like, you know, and he, he should know that I want him to like text me or at least call me before he goes to sleep. And then there's this like built up sort of resentment. And he's like, Oh, it was really late. I didn't want to wake you up. So there's always an expectation around the good night check-in. So figure out what your rule is going to be and then live it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And don't have expectations, you know, talk about it and make sure you understand what, what you're communicate. communicate. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I just got back from the other side of the world where I literally had no internet. So, so that was was my harder to communicate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that was very interesting. And now we are going into the his and her round where Sarah and I each ask a question that's on our mind. Sarah's up first. What would you say are, and maybe not the three most important things, but if you could just name a couple things to help avoid conflict in a long distance relationship, what would they be? Well, um, I think communicating expectations is really, really important. How often are we going to talk? Uh, what what medium are we going to use to talk? Um, how often are we going to see each other? So really figuring out what the expectations are. And then, you know, almost above that, I would say is make sure you're on the same page regarding your relationship goals. So my client that just got engaged, it's like before they even got to the point of like, we want to have a relationship. It was like, do you need to live in New Jersey? Do I need to live in Michigan? You know, like, are you looking to get married and have a family? Yes, I am. Right. So make sure you're totally on the same page. I would say when you're dating long distance, you don't want to spend as much time in the like, let me just see, you know, how it evolves and see how it goes before I make sure he's like really looking to get married. Um, you're going to invest a lot of time and energy. You want to make sure that you have the um, the same relationship goals. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. It's like everything is magnified from a traditional relationship if the person lives next door where it costs more money, more time to see each other. And so it's almost even more important to communicate those goals. Absolutely. 
Awesome. Well, my question is, how long do you do a long distance relationship until you address moving in together or or moving to the other city? Well, I think that's hopefully something that you established when you decided to be get, get into an official relationship was what are your expectations? It depends on sort of what everyone in the party's uh, goals are, right? Like, can I, can I move easily? Can I transfer my job? You know, what are your expectations? So I would say that you want to have a timeline that you create together once you commit and you decide where the relationship is going. And I would say usually between like, like the earliest between the third and sixth month and like no longer than six months. You don't want to spend a half a year with someone and later they say, you know, God, I just, I can't move. Well, gosh, neither can I. Well, then what do you do? You know? So you want to get really clear on that. I feel that being clear on that can help prevent resentment, maybe from one party being like, oh, I, I had to move across the country and leave all my friends and family. So addressing that is, I think, can be really important. Really, really important. And sometimes long distance things actually move faster than in real time. Um, I was just uh, hanging out with some people who met in May, I think they said. He lived in New Jersey. She lived in L.A. Um, they decided to, you know, get, get have a commitment. Um, and he proposed over FaceTime and they got yeah. married in July. Uh-huh. You know? But they were, they're in their forties. His kids are in college. She doesn't have any kids. He has a virtual business. She has a virtual business. They wanted to be together and it was really easy, but they knew going into it that they were both in that space where they were looking for a solid relationship. So it moved really quickly. And sometimes that does happen. That's why I said at the beginning, when two people really are looking for the same thing, a lot of this stuff is really kind of easy because they have the same goals. One thing we didn't really talk about, but that I find when I travel, when I'm traveling a lot, everything we're talking about can also go along the lines with someone, a couple that is together, but they are separated through work or other commitments. Yep. Uh, you know, we're getting married, but we still have halfway a long distance relationship for a good part of the year is that when I get back from the trip, it's like there's like a renewed sort of energy because you appreciate each other more because you've been separated. Absolutely. And I think um, that is true in any relationship. I know my fiance works in commercials. So when he gets a gig and it's like, you know, there can be a week where I feel like he's working all the time and I never see him. And so we put some stuff on hold and then you come back together. And um, I think that's a really important point is that when that person does come together, while you want to have the me and the we, you want to also make this person feel like special and and set aside what I call sacred space. So that doesn't mean you come back and you're like, great, you're here. Okay, so tomorrow is my niece's birthday party. And then we're going out to dinner with John and Jeff. And then we need to go shopping to do (laughs) this, right? Because then you're just like, shit. Oh, oh, sorry. I don't know if I can swear on your face. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, You know, it's like, God, we just get together and we do errands. Like, that's not sexy and romantic. (laughs) So creating that special sacred time is important too. Awesome. Well, now it's time for our favorite part of the interview, the lasting love round. We'll ask you a series of questions and you'll respond with great information to help set the foundation for a lasting relationship. We love it. Our listeners love it. So, Marnie, are you ready to help us build lasting love? I am so ready to help you guys build lasting love. (laughs) All right. Well, what's one thing couples can do on a daily basis, whether they're long distance or not, to help improve their relationship? I love this tip and you guys have to do it starting tonight. (laughs) It's really simple and it takes five minutes. 
you, whether you're on FaceTime and his pillow, his little, your phone's next to you where you're actually like spooning, um, you each tell the other person three things that you appreciate about the other person and three things that you're grateful for. And this is like amazing because most of the time it's like, really, you really appreciated the fact that I like heated up your dinner and like, you know, while you went to like go to the gym after work. It's like these little things. And so being appreciated is awesome. And expressing what you're grateful for helps you really to see like how amazing your partner is and what the stuff is that they're thinking about. So I highly recommend takes five minutes. Even if you're really, really tired, I always would say to my fiance, okay, I'm ready to be appreciated. Let's go. (laughs) And it's something to kind of look forward to at the end of the night too. It is. It's awesome. I love it. Is there a book or resource you could recommend for couples? Well, I probably am not the first person of all your podcasts, but I swear the love languages is like, you know, brilliant. I remember when I did it with my fiance, I, I, my thing is like gifts. So I would like go to the, the, the grocery store and I'd be like, Oh, I'm going to bring him a peppermint patty. He loves peppermint patties. And I bring him this peppermint patty and be like, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) And then all of a sudden we did, you know, we did the love languages and like gifts. He does not care about that at all. What he loves is time and attention. So when I watch a movie with him uh, and I leave my phone in a completely different room, he feels so super loved. (laughs) So so listen um, to your partner's love language and love them the way they need to be loved. Well, that's awesome recommendation that will be on your show notes page on our website, idopodcast.com. And it is very, uh, a highly recommended book. We need to Um, read it. I know we need to read it. It's on our list. You know what? You can go online um, also and do a little quiz. Like you can just Google it and do it. And for anyone who is a parent in a relationship and you want to have less fights about your kids, um, you, there's one for kids. Your kids can fill it out and you can all be a love languages family. Very we'll good to, tip. We'll yeah. get that link and put it up there too. Yep, Absolutely. put it up there. Absolutely. And we're getting married this year. Is there any advice you would give engaged couples or newlyweds? Well, since I'm an engaged couple, what <laughs> advice would I give to myself? Um, you know, I think that one of the most important things is to really have a deep compassion for what's important to your partner. Um, because what's important to me is not necessarily important to my partner and vice versa. So when I sort of go into the we version of like, what's going to make this, this marriage, this, this, the vows, whatever, really special for my partner, it's coming from a place of love because they really care. And when you move out of, um, you know, I need to be right, or I want to be right, or I want to win, or it has to go my way. And you start looking at, wow, this person really cares about this because they care about our wedding or they care about our marriage. All of a sudden you really want to negotiate and have more understanding because, you know, you want to make it special. And, and I think being in that space of we is going to help the whole process be really joyous because it is. If you could give just one single piece of advice for a successful relationship, what would it be? It would be to get really clear on what your values are and make sure that you have matching values and everything else is negotiable. I love it. That's a good one. Yeah, we've we've heard that before from from other experts saying that um, having the values and understanding each other's values can really break or make a relationship, and and discussing those and being comfortable with each other is is very important. Absolutely, and you know, there's 
the, the, once someone said something to me very wise way back, it was like the things that you find endearing when you first meet can very likely become annoying six months <laughs> to a year down the road. <laughs> it's really cute. It takes them three hours to pick a movie and later you want to strangle them. So, um, remember, you know, like what are the things that are really endearing? Some of the things that um, like annoy us are actually kind of what we love most about our partner. I think there's a saying it's, no one's perfect. Love the imperfections or, or something like that. But it's about loving, loving the person. They're not going to be perfect, but love them for their imperfections. Exactly. Well, we've really enjoyed hearing all your advice you've given us and our listeners today. So let's finish by telling our listeners where they can find you and then we'll say goodbye. Okay. So uh, you all can go to datingwithdignity.com. And, um, we help you not only land that great guy so you can have a lasting relationship, but we have there, we have a great, some great products on communication and all those sorts of things because it's no, it's easy to get them, but you want to keep them. So that's what we want you to do. (laughs) Well, our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. And thank you so much for all your generous knowledge and for taking the time to come on our show today. My pleasure. And I can't uh, wait to see your wedding pictures. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Marnie. Thank you, Marnie. Are you interested in learning five ways to improve your relationship on a daily basis? How about five tips for engaged couples or newlyweds? This information and more is our free gift to you when you go to idopodcast.com and subscribe to our mailing list. Thank you so much for joining us today on I Do Podcast. Head on over to idopodcast.com for full recaps of every show, relationship resources, tips, and advice. Your path to a successful and lasting relationship awaits you. Are you ready to create lasting love? You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.